Sindhu Biha. Welcome to the Village Oak Tree for January 24th, 2024. My name is Terrence O'Donnell and I'm back again to your village with more news from the outside world. Come sit with me around the fireplace once again while I tell you a little bit about what's going on in our world. This week I bring you news stories and an editorial on stupid humans. Also, I talk about what a Trump presidency might look like referencing a Tom Hartman report article published for subscribers here yesterday on Tuesday. So if you're a first-time viewer or listener, I've created a short advertisement from my podcast website for you to listen to now before I grab your attention with my topic of the week. I want to take this time to ask for a donation of any amount to help me keep this podcast going, if you can, and to explain how to find my website and what's inside when you arrive at the door. My podcast will remain free to subscribe to on all the major mobile podcast apps at Substack for the first month and on my YouTube channel, Krona Biha. I have set up a donation link on the Village Oak Tree webpage at rss.com and a donations page on my website at www.kronabiha.com, all using PayPal for your security. Think of it as me passing my hat around to you at the end of my visit each week. If you like this podcast, Please share it with everyone you know before it gets too late. My motive is not to profit off the news I bring you every week, but to make a difference in the world, and I can't do it without your help. Now, I want to explain how to find my website. If you're watching this video, the address is right on the screen in front of you as you're listening to this. If you're listening to an audio-only show, just type in www.cranna-na- B-E-A-T-H-A.com in your browser and search for it. The website domain name is Gaelic. It may be a little hard to find unless you know what you're looking for. Then bookmark it if you like it. I also have the RSS feeder enabled, so if you like my blog posts, you can be notified whenever I post something new. Search for www.crownabiha.com in your RSS feeder and set it up. Users finding the website for the first time will reach the welcome page to learn a little more about what's inside. There you will see the homepage link at the bottom of the page. On the homepage, you can learn a little more about what Crown Biha means for a little bit of Irish culture and a little more about me in general. On the menu bar at the top, there are links to all the pages in the website. The blog section where I post podcast newsletters, blog articles, stories, and poems a drop-down podcast menu with links to both podcasts, a donations page, an ad page to purchase my published books, and a contact page in case someone cares to leave a message. Thank you for your patronage and support. Now let's get into today's opinion editorial. Now my topic this week is stupid humans. This week, since we just emerged from a week-long cold snap here in midwinter, I thought we could use a little satirical humor. I've collected a bunch of news stories, almost all of them from the United States, to show just how dysfunctional the world can be, and to wind up with a fictional idea of what a Trump return to the White House might look like. I'm just going to hit the highlights of the stupid human news articles I found over the last few days, so I don't want to inundate you with too many details. My first one, outrage, is Oklahoma Republicans bill labels Hispanic people terrorists. Lawmaker J.J. Humphrey seeks punishment for, quote, acts of terrorism, unquote, and defines terrorist as, quote, any person who is of Hispanic descent, unquote. And this I got from Aram Salam in The Guardian. Another GOP legislator from Oklahoma who decided that, in his white conservative ignorance, 
that all Hispanics are terrorists from across the border and should be dealt with accordingly. This includes any Hispanics who may have had ancestors that predate white people in that part of the U.S. He was called out for his obvious racism, but it goes to show you just how ignorant these conservatives can be out there. The trouble is, he's not alone in his thinking. As a state legislator, he's the public figure for all the other ignoramuses out there who think like that around the country. So here's more stupid stories from Oklahoma. A Republican in this state wants animal services to remove furries from schools. Justin Humphrey, an Oklahoma legislator who once said trans people were mentally ill, is pushing a debunked right-wing talking point by Lil Kalish. And this is from the Huff Post. This same senator, as I talked about in the previous article, wants animal services to remove any students from public schools who identify themselves as furries, unquote. This is based on a repeatedly debunked conservative myth that schools are accommodating students who believe they are cute, fuzzy animals or engage in behavior that emulates cute, fuzzy animals. They still claim that teachers are keeping litter boxes in classrooms to accommodate these mythical students. This is all supposedly related to the larger picture of extremism over LGBTQ rights or a lack thereof in Oklahoma. So then I had this other article from Oklahoma. Oklahoma sets new record for emergency certified teachers by Nuria martinez Keel in the Oklahoma Voice. It's been, a go- it's been an ongoing issue in Oklahoma for the last few years. The state's extremely conservative GOP government has made it so hard for teachers to do their jobs that a large portion of them, a portion of them have left for better places. Now, the state's been forced to issue a record 4,676 emergency certifications to try and cover the massive teacher shortages. This from the state that had a school district try to fund a Catholic school last year that the state's attorney general filed suit over. And it most definitely violates the separation of church and state as defined in the U.S. Constitution. This state must grow stupid on trees there, and these politicians are eating up the fruit. Now, just to be fair, I don't want everyone to think I'm picking on Oklahoma this week. So here's another example of the GOP stupid, this one from New England. Maine's transgender health care bill sparks right-wing meltdown over phantom kidnappings. This came from TheAdvocate.com by Christopher Wiggins. In this story, some ignoramus who operates libs of TikTok posted misleading, a misleading interpretation of a proposed bill in Maine, posting incorrectly that the Maine state government will be authorized to take children away from their parents if they oppose any sex change surgery or chemical castration. Of course, this blew up social media on the right-wing side because, as we all know, how much they want to scare everyone over any little thing they can get people to believe. A Maine state Republican was quoted as saying, quote, this bill authorizes the kidnapping and massacring of children from other states without parental consent, unquote. And this was reported in an article by the Daily Mail. So this is what the right-wing idiots are doing in the U.S. The truth has got nothing to do with anything. Now we have a non-political stupid human story from New York. Madonna sued over late concert start by fans who, quote, had to get up early, unquote, the next morning. The lawsuit, filed Wednesday, is seeking class action status for attenders of all other celebration tour shows in the U.S. that started late. And this is from TheGuardian.com by Michael Sun. 
Two concert goers who were incensed that the performer started late on a night before they had to go to work for work the next morning are now suing because they were inconvenienced. This ranks right up there with stupid human frivolous lawsuits. Common sense says if you have to get up for work the next day, either go to bed in a timely fashion or suck it up, buttercup. If you're at an event and you need to go home to get ready for work the next day, you leave early or deal with the fatigue of being up all night. I've lost track of how many all-nighters I pulled when I was in my early 20s, only to report for more information and work all day. It was my choice to party all night. I accepted the consequences of my choices. This is what spoiled Americans do now, though. They make bad choices like this and then blame it on someone else. Then we have more stupid humans in Washington, D.C. Paul Gosar whines there aren't enough white people in the military. The far-right congressman appears to be losing his mind over a report on the changing, dem changing demographics of the U.S. Army. And this from the thenewrepublic.com. Blaming woke ideologies, he cries that fewer white people are joining the military. Blaming woke Marxist ideologies. He's concerned that the darker-skinned recruits will subvert the military and that conservatives are fighting for the soul of the nation. There's no white people shortage in the military. Just a shifting of demographics a little. But you can't tell the stupid human conservatives that. They won't, you know, that won't scare any of the voters. But loudly decried that the country is being taken over by dark-skinned people, arriving to rape, pillage, and kill all the white people in their sleep, definitely will get the ignorant masses' attention, which is by design. Then I found this blog article from a Medium.com writer, who has a differing opinion about whether the GOP politicians' claims about U.S. never being a racist country. Unless you're blind, dumb, and deaf, or largely uneducated, maybe barely passing high school, this is a joke. More stupid rhetoric to try and trick people into voting for the GOP nominees. An article entitled, How Can Anyone Claim This Has Never Been a Racist Country? Shadow Slavery, Racial Segregation, and Discrimination Disprove Their Assertions by Allison Wiltz, and this is from Ally from NOLA, medianmedium.com. And I'm not going to go into a lot about articles because the title pretty much says it all, okay? So let's jump over to Ohio. Here's a story about a Christian pastor who could go to jail over offering his church as a shelter for the homeless when all of the local nonprofit government shelters were full. And this during the big cold snap that we had last week. As folks freeze to death in the Midwest, an Ohio pastor is charged for offering shelter by James E. Causey in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This pastor is charged with ish, this pastor is charged with you know, 18 zoning law violations. Ohio law prohibits presidential use in first floor buildings in a business district. Because the church is zoned as a central business, the building is restricted from allowing people to eat or sleep on the property. First of all, who was stupid enough to zone the church as a central business in the first place? Second, whatever happened to basic human compassion? Something the prophet Jesus was all about in his teachings, according to the Christian Holy Book. This is more evidence that these so-called conservative Christians are only Christian in name only. As, you know, as much as zoo suits them at the time anyway. So what do you think we should call these Christians in name only? Chinos? New GOP mom in Congress wants family separation from migrants, but not from new moms in Congress, by Jonathan Nicholson in, 
And, you know, I got this article. I forget where it came from, um, but I got it from Yahoo.com. More GOP stupid stuff. This time from a right-wing Florida freshman representative, Anna Paulina Luna. She's a rival for Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert for who could be the most outrageous female conservative in the media airwaves. In a tense exchange at a committee hearing last week, she wants to reenact Trump's separation of children from their parents from asylum seekers. Most aware people know how well that worked last time. Her belief is that the parents need to be verified that they are indeed actual parents and not traffickers. As if the majority of these people claiming asylum have their kids' birth certificates on hand, certificates on hand when they arrive at the border. They're still, they're still trying to locate over a thousand children from the last disastrous go around when Trump was president. They'll, you know, this representative, like any of the us, will do anything to go viral on social media these days. Stupidity isn't just relegated to the United States, though. This one from England. Boris Johnson says Trump, tra Trump back in the White House is just what the world needs. XPM backs disgraced former U.S. president ahead of election, saying he won't ditch the Ukrainians. This from the Guardian.com UK News by Tom Ambrose. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Again, anyone listening to Donald Trump's rally speeches knows that this will be one of his day one executive orders. No more funding or weapons for Ukraine or anyone else for that matter. Marielle England can kiss that relationship goodbye. Donald only does what's good for Donald, and being buddy-buddy with London will only happen on his terms. No more, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Bonnie King Charlie will have to kiss Trump's ring if they want anything from the U.S. if Donald Trump wins the election. On the other hand, good news, as German protesters are sending a clear message to the right-wing AFD party. Hundreds of thousands demonstrate against right-wing extremism in Germany by Emma Victoria Farr and Holger Hansen. And I got this from Reuters.com, World in Europe. Thousands and thousands got out and protested all over Germany over reports of the AFD advocating for mass deportation of immigrants and other nationalistic ideas. The Germans have long memories of those who set this up once before, and they don't want to return to that ideology something a lot of other countries could take a lesson from. Hint, hint, UK and the US. More fallout from that expose about the mass deportations. The AFD leader is backpedaling, but throwing this out there to fend off detractors. Germany is fast becoming a hot mess over immigrants, and with new right-wing factions setting up more anti-immigrant parties there every month, this new story from Monday may become a reality in a few short years, if the AFD wins the majority vote which seems probably not likely anymore. Far-right AFD leader vows to campaign for Brexit-style EU exit vote in Germany. Alice Weidel says UK departure is model for her country as party struggles with reaction to expose about deportation master plan. Again, this from the Guardian.com world. So it kind of goes to show the United States is not totally dysfunctional, you know, the only one's dysfunctional here with all this stupid stuff. And in, in this case, Germany, the German people are rising up against it. You know, we should have more of that over here. Another news from the United States, the Supreme Court this last week sided with federal immigration in allowing them to cut up all the concertina wire around the Texas border near Eagle, near Eagle Pass and the Rio Grande River. This is a shot across the bowels of Texas Governor Abbott and his Republican cronies in charge of Texas. 
There's been a lot of talk about armed militias and state authorities standing off with the Federal Border Patrol. So what's next for the stupid Republic of, the, of Texas? Are they going to defy the federal government now? Inquiring minds want to know. Austin, Texas is quiet for now as the feds removed the concertina wire. Texas does not have what it needs to secede from the United States yet, but there are a lot of right-wing nutjobs who, uh, there who think they can go it alone. Now, I'd like to see what happens if they try. As one article I read this week said, this will be a, the third attempt by Texas to be a standalone territory. The first time was from 1836 to 1845 after they uh, defeated Mexico, at least, you know, the Mexican army over in Houston. Then during the Civil War from 1861 to 1865, and, you know, they, they seceded with the rest of the Confederate states, so they really technically weren't a standalone territory. Now, is third time the charm? Maybe Oklahoma will join them. Seems like both states and Republican legislatures are all from the same mental institution. In a couple of new articles on Tuesday, I found this gem from Bluebird, Bloomberg Business Week. This one from Senegal in Africa. The global fight over water and how it's heating up all around the world as the richest people buy it up like any other commodity, creating severe shortages in their wake. Mostly the Saudi Arabians. Now, I can't give you the link to this article because it's paywall. But it's about global trading companies setting up and buying water from corrupt officials and impoverished developing nations or from stupid humans like the ones in Arizona. And these, these companies grow alfalfa to sell to the Saudis so, they, so the Saudis, Saudis can play with their cattle horses in the desert. Now, I've been, I have been to the UAE, and they're just, you know, do, they did the same thing that the Saudis did. They grew vast green areas, uh, green belt areas in their deserts, all paid for by foreign investors. And what they do is they grow cows out there. They don't have the water to do all that, so they're taking alfalfa from everywhere else or anywhere else they can. So the Saudis banned the growing of alfalfa in Saudi Arabia because they don't have enough water there. Something they figured out when their aquifers started going dry. So what do they do? They figured out how to steal from other countries. Arizona finally smartened up and shut off the taps to the companies selling to the Saudis. But the Senegalese are between a rock and a hard place. They desperately need the money at the expense of the local tribes, some who are in pretty, bar pretty bad shape due to the locally polluted water sources. Water is life in any society, anywhere in the world. These poor people will end up, drying, up dying these people, you know, and having to migrate somewhere else, the ones that are left, when the water finally runs out, much like with a lot of other people already on the move across the world. Meanwhile, the rich Saudis and other mega-rich humans across the globe will keep buying up, you know, have to have resources to satisfy their lavish lifestyles, and more and more pe poor peoples will lose their lives and homes to pay for it. In U.S. political news, it looks bad for Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. She's Donald Trump's only competition anymore, and that isn't saying much. It does say volumes for the Republican Party in the U.S., though, and to emphasize that, I found this interview in Politico on Tuesday. Our system needs to be broken, and he is the man to do it. Ted Johnson sincerely thought he wanted a uniter, not a divider. That didn't last long. And this is from Politico.com News by Michael Cruz. 
The reporter interviewed several people in New Hampshire in the run-up to the primary this week, and this interview stuck out for him. A retired military officer who thinks, like a lot of other people around the country, that Donald Trump needs to be president again so he can remake the country and make it better than it is currently. For a retired lieutenant colonel, he's pretty stupid. In an interview, even his own brother thinks so. I feel the same way about my intellectual son-in-law and the other disillusioned people around the U.S. Anyone who actually thinks Donald Trump is going to make the United States better than it is, is seriously delusional. If these people would only listen closely to what he has said in his rallies, they would know that Trump only has one thing on his mind. Turn the United States into an autocratic oligarchy with him into office until he dies. And then one of his sons or cronies will step in to replace him. A Trump dynasty of sorts. Tom Hartman's report on Tuesday detailed a fictional idea, so far anyway, of what the next Trump presidency would look like, presidency would look like based on statements he has made at his rallies and by his supporters. Think Project 2025. But that is what these delusional people think they want. They truly have no idea what they're wishing for. Trump Hart, Tom Hartman outlined how they, how they would take over the country in a well-thought-out plan if Donald Trump wins in November, and it'll be bloody. If you think the riots from the Vietnam War days were violent, they were very tame to what's coming in 2025 if, if Trump wins in November. As Tom writes in Tuesday's article, there'll be a lot of blood in the streets and a lot more people in guarded camps and prisons within the first few months of 2025 as the MAGA people consolidate their power. We already know that the far-right Republicans are and will continue to do all they can to suppress the votes everywhere they can especially among the minorities, in order to win in November. For them, winning is everything now. They will pull out all the stops to accomplish that at the expense of democracy. They don't have much of a plan for what to do if they do win, but that's where Donald Trump comes in. He will be more than happy to tell them what to do, and they'll be shock and awe as the grand experiment of the U.S. Democratic government goes down in flames and falls under the boot heels of the MAGA party. History will repeat itself once again if we let it. Are the American voters going to repeat history from the 1930s when a certain right-wing party in Germany came to power, even as a minority party? Remember how that went for them and the world at large. If Tom Hartman's fictional article should prove true, the United States will head down the same path as Germany did in the 1930s, both internally and externally. Trump's foreign policies will likely bring the war to the shores of the United States soon after 2025. But by then, the population of the United States will be under the thumb of police state by then. So it won't matter much anymore anyway. If you want an idea of what that might look like, I invite you to read a copy of Philip K. Dick's book, The Man in the High Castle, and read it. Or watch the series on Amazon Prime like I'm currently doing. I read the book decades ago. And the series is an eye-opener given the current political scene. I'm old enough to remember how all of that affected my upbringing as my late father and uncle went to fight back then in World War II. And they weren't right, out, or weren't right after they came back home. I'm not right after spending a large portion of my adult life defending U.S. national security interests in eight overseas deployments in my military career. All I cared about in the beginning was using military service to provide a way for me to support myself as I figured out what I wanted to do in life. I returned and stayed as a way to support my growing family in an ever-increasing unstable civilian world back in the 1980. 
I became severely disillusioned after my trip to Afghanistan in 2002 when all the blinders fell off and I've been an activist ever since for a sane change in policy. This is, this is the purpose of this podcast, to try and bring a, bring a little sanity to, a le, a little, to an ever-increasing insane world. So that's all I have for everyone this week. I hope I've given you, all of you who watch or listen to this, something to think about as you go about the rest of your work week ahead. Kara Mahaget, thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it, and you'll return again for another episode of The Village Oak Tree. Feel free to share this with your friends and relations. The more you share, the more we can convince enough people to make the world a better place to live in. As a Shanake, I want to continue to travel to your digital village every week to bring you something that might make you think a little bit after we part for the day. As I say goodbye this week, I wish to leave you with this Irish blessing as you go about your day. May the saddest day of your future be no worse than the happiest day of your past. Schlongo foil, which means goodbye for now in Irish. <laughs>